Shalom Aleichem, welcome to the Shmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with co-writers Melissa Weiss and Malky Goldman, and director Rachel Bochen, to talk about the upcoming production of Defroyan. Welcome. Um, I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. Um, and rather than give the introduction to who you are, um, I'm going to ask each of you if you could introduce yourself and speak a little bit about your work. So maybe we'll start with Melissa. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for having us. It's really nice to be on and to talk about the flame. I'm also super excited about it finally being on because we had to you know, we had to with COVID, hopefully we're safe now. So we waited many years. So this is a make, Malky and I wrote it four years ago, I, a long time. So we're very excited about this. So, sorry, I'm Melissa Weiss and I'm an actor and now a playwright. Um, and um, I wrote the Flyin with Malky. Men, we, it's a, our baby. It took us a long time to write and we're so happy to be here. And um yeah, I, I, I love to, what I love about the Freyan, and I try to do this in my other work, is to tell stories that are really nuanced and, you know, to highlight voices that aren't often heard. And I think with the Freyan, we do that, I would say proudly that I think we do that well. Um, we Because we highlight, it's an all-female cast, and we highlight these seven different women, you know, it's seven different experiences. So instead of what people have an idea of what Hasidish women are, you have the humanity and a full, a fuller range. And so that, that's what I love to focus on in my work and hopefully bring that to every project that I do. And Malki? Hi, I am Malki Goldman, the co-writer of The Froyan. Um, everything Melissa said, I agree, you know, it was this really interesting process where we were talking about, we both grew up in the Hasidic community and as it became more and more a thing people were talking about and writing about and, and, and the media got really obsessed with and we got so frustrated with how it's often dramatized or uh, just stereotyped. And then we thought, why don't we write a play? It's already so dramatic. <laughs> why don't we do something authentic, something we know, something about these people that are close to our hearts, but are also, you know, living this life that we obviously disagree with. And then we together, you know, after lots of work and struggle and rewrites, did this play called A Friend that I am so proud of. And I cannot wait for it to be on stage and for everyone to see it. And Rachel? Yes, hi, I'm Rachel Botchen. I am directing Defroyen. I'm also uh, performing in it. And I began with, uh, with this project as a performer, as a, an actor, and gradually that mel uh, turned into <laughs> directing as well as performing, which I'm thrilled about. Um, Melissa and Malky approached me about directing it, and I thought, well, can I do both? And I said, why not? It's a it's a challenge I am up for and excited about. And I know the piece really well because we've been doing this now for several years. So um, my background is primarily English theater, though I have been involved with Yiddish theater for many years, both with the Folksbina and New Yiddish Rep. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that I'm fluent in Yiddish, but I'm 
learning and can fake my way through it pretty believably, I hope. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, this, this is a, a project that's dear to my heart and very excited to be working with these women. So I'm hoping not to have to give any spoiler alerts, but I'd also at the same time like to talk generally about the production, um, a little bit about the backstory, how you came together around this. It's contemporary and it's interesting that you are, you know, have this um, something that's new. You've all acted in a lot of different, you know, yeah, different performances and different media and stuff like that. So, and it feels like this is a very personal story for you. So I'm wondering if you want to comment a little bit about that and, and about the collaboration process around that. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to make one mention that it is a, a new, a brand new play. Yeah. However, it is based and inspired by a play by Naomi Reagan called The Women's Minion, which was originally in Hebrew. Um, that uh, Malki and Melissa have really taken it and made it more about their world and in Borough Park as opposed to Israel. And it's much changed, but, um, and uh, Ms. Reagan is yeah. aware of our project. Yes. Has yeah. blessed it. She has Rachel, blessed it. Yeah. yeah. Rachel, this was to come up like within a second because the history of writing. Yes, I was. Yeah. Melissa, yeah. Go. Yeah, because, okay, so the reason this came to be is so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of portrayal. So, like, as you said, Maki and I are both performers as well. We're both actors. And we would also get approached by you know, other people to either consult or to act or to be a part of projects they were working on that was showcasing the Hasidic community. And we often felt like it doesn't have the voice. It doesn't have a real, like, you know, it, other people, it's an external outlook, external look inside a world. And there's a judgment in that world because it's the secular world is the norm in that sense. And then we're looking into a world that we don't know about. And so automatically it's told through an outsider's point of view. And so even though we would consult and do that, we're like, there was a frustration or a, 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 how do we move the needle forward? How do we get our stories told that we tell it? And we, you know, I was working with, uh, with New Yiddish Rep, with David, and, and, and we were having conversations about having more female representation on stage. And that was a big thing David and I would talk about. And I was saying there's, just, there's not enough theater that has these female voices. And so David sent me this play by Naomi Reagan. And he sent it to Malki and I, and he's like, what do you think about this play? And so we read it and then Malki and I, cause we were just gonna be like, okay. David is like, translate this, let's put this on. <laughs> You know, he's like, let's put this on and then you can stop talking to me about feminism. I was like, okay, that's not happening, but we'll put on this, you know, this is okay. So Malki and I read this play and we like it, right? And we're like, hmm. So we start with this idea of the translation. Then Malki and I are like, we know this world. You know, we, this is not the actual story we want to tell. So we kind of, were in, we were inspired by it and it's some of the events around it. And we love the concept of this woman. Uh, this, it's, this, it's a story about this woman um, fighting for custody of her kids. And we like that idea. And we know people personally that were going through this. So what we did was we created characters based on people that we actually know, taking that story of this woman fighting for custody of her children and trying and having this, you know, trying to, to have this sisterhood behind her, helping her fight. We took that 
and we set it in a world that we know with characters that we are aware with stories that we know that have happened. And that's, so that's how it became our own. And over time it became more and more our own. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say this part, Malky. Yes. No, we placed it in New York and we, we, we uh, used the language, the Yiddish language that is being spoken right now in Williamsburg and in Borough Park. Lots of you people who are listening to this, if you are a true Yiddishist, you might get a little annoyed by the Yiddish, but this is also the, you know, the, the street language. And we decided to go with street language, the one that is used and for the reason to make it as authentic as possible. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for Naomi for just writing this as a template for our play. But I have to say that even though if you read the play, you will recognize some nuances, we just went off the road with it and made it something that would happen in Borough Park today. Is it hard to both um, sort of be on both sides of the story as it were um, in telling it and, and, uh, and also giving it authenticity, authenticity and respect rather than it being voyeuristic? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Malcolm, do you want to take that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to join in an ad, but I'm going to collect my thoughts. I, I, yeah. I, so here's what I have to say. These people are, I mean, these people, each individual character there resemble people we love. And it's our family and friends. And what we were really trying to do is not to judge them. We know exactly why each of them is behaving the way they behave and what brought them to do this acts that might seem evil to you or nice to you. And what is their reason? And we understand them and get them because we just realized how humans are flawed and how easy it is to say bad, good, evil, nice. And that's what makes something uninteresting and also the last thing we would want to do is call people we love bad or, or upset and you might say yeah you left the community yes we left because it didn't work for us but it works for other and it's not like everyone in the community is bad and everyone who leaves is great this whole world is just i don't know uh discombobulated with people who are discombobulated and good and bad and the same human and we are not trying to bring any judgment to either the Hasidic world or the secular world. We are just trying to bring awareness to actions and to, to situations that are happening if you're not aware and to bring you know more of that. So coming from within was the, the biggest challenge. We constantly were like, if she is saying this and it just seems absolutely awful. Why is she saying that? What happened to her? Um, what does she know about this world? What is her education that brings her to a point in a corner of making this conclusion rather than, oh, those, those religious people are stupid and awful. No, absolutely not. I would just chime in and say that as someone who is not from the Hasidic community, I really feel it's a universal story and that everyone will recognize these characters in its specificity. We see that no, that they're no different from all of us. 
Yeah. And I think that's what's beautiful about the piece as well. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, a really um, it's a great point, Rachel. And I think that that's what makes the work so strong. I haven't seen it, but I know I know of it, and I know you know I know your work um, from other pieces that you've been in. And I wanted to, add to, to that. bring that to bring that to to this is so important. It allows one to be sympathetic and understand the construct of community and how it imposes itself. Yeah, I wanted to add to that that actually I think that having the 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 being on both sides of it, like straddling both worlds, is actually like a superpower. And you know why? I think it's because in some ways you see me and my sister, and you think you if you didn't know we were sisters, you'd be like, these people are total opposites. They're so different, right? And you would think this person has a way of life, you have a judgment, and you would say, but I know my sister. Right. And I like Malki said, we we know characters. We love these people. So we are close to their humanity. And we also know how they're seen by the outside world. And so having those having that point of view actually helps us in, in being able to make it more nuanced. And so Rachel saying, like, it's actually universal because I think having the outside view and ha knowing these people, understanding who they are. And this story is one family. This story is one person. It is not saying everyone is like this, but it was important to us that we have a range of, you know, different human beings. There's just, they're all individual human beings and how do they behave and how do they act in this situation? And it's not about like, they happen to be Hasidish and that's their, that's the world that they're in. But they're human beings who, you know, have histories, want love and understanding and, you know, try to survive and, and, and hopefully thrive. And I think, I think the beauty in the community is uh, there, there is something that is, and I think we lean into it a little, and I struggle with that sometimes. There's something that's cinematic and overtly um, interesting, just you see Hasidish people. People are like, oh, these people are outsiders. And the hope is that slowly with showing the humanity, people will feel like they're not that different than us, right? So there's an overt uh, human, like people look at it immediately, but there's all these behaviors that we all experience, all the humanity that we all experience. It's not that different. Like this story is a human story. It's just a story about this, about human beings trying to live their life and, you know, survive. And, and, and Rachel, you know, talking about straddling, how is the experience for you in terms of, as you mentioned earlier, you're acting in the play and you're also directing the play? Mm. Um, it's actually sort of a beautiful experience because well, we've only had two days of rehearsal, to be honest, but um, <laughs> we've gotten a tremendous amount done in those two days. I, what's, what I love about it is that it's all, we're all women in the cast, and so it's a very collaborative feeling. So I have to rely on others to also have ideas and to be my eyes in the back of my head sometimes. And so I don't feel like I'm this all-powerful director person. I'm guiding people and also experiencing it with them, and it's kind of, a, it's kind of lovely. Though, and, Rich, you yeah. are that powerful director, I have to say. <laughs> well, thank you. But I mean, I don't, I, I guess what I mean is that uh, it, not with an iron fist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Rachel is like, we, we, we couldn't have had anybody 
Better. Any, this is like the dream. Rachel is like our dream director. Just oh, as yeah. a human being, just working with Rachel as an actor and just as a human being. And then as a, as a, as a, as a director, knowing the story and honoring the, the people and the story and the way that you really run, like, and then the rehearsal space. It's, it's, it's a very respectful, it's very safe environment. It's a very, it's a very safe environment. I feel like that's the overall feeling. It's very but safe. I, yeah, and I have, I have to say, Rachel, Melissa and I were like breaking our heads thinking about who would direct this and not make it and not judge it mm -hmm. because there are a lot of things we're saying that are so sensitive and you have to really you have to really come from within to bring out the humanity rather than the judgment and um and it's even even something as simple as like someone saying, oh, I think I should, she's like a slave or something like this, yeah. where, where we go like, no, this is a human being. Maybe she's shy, maybe she, and what you keep coming back to constantly is exactly what we did while, while we were writing what was like, what is happening underneath this human being and why are they doing what they're doing rather than saying, this woman is the devil and this is like this is not a Shakespeare play you know we don't have I mean nothing against Shakespeare or maybe yes but that's for another time but it's not you know we have not decided the it's evil. not black and white it's not black and white and I think I think it's interesting because that's something I had to personally learn coming from a community or no in a society now things are so black and white this is good this is bad this person is good this is what you should believe and it isn't it challenges the audience because we are talking about hard difficult things it is a, a, a situation that is really you know it's an intense thing and it, it and it needs to be dealt with in a way that's really sensitive and I, I, I yeah I always love ambiguity in in art uh the, just as you're just both of you are describing that it's not black and white that there's not good versus evil sometimes there is but um but that sort of fluidness of people and um, moral uh, ethics and all of that. And stop me if you don't want to allow me to um, mention this, but before we all joined one another here on the Zoomosphere where we're recording this, we were having a quick conversation about Yiddish and English and answering in Yiddish and speaking in English. And I was really intrigued by that conversation. And I think it has to do in a way with how you perform and you perform as a as somebody who knows the inside and wants to also convey that universal story to the audience. And would you indulge me and talk a little bit about this? Yeah, but can you say more about how you think it's connected? Because my mind is blown. I mean, like, how is it connected? Because we were talking about, Malki had mentioned, and I feel similarly, is that when someone speaks Yiddish to me that I'm not used to them speaking Yiddish to me or just this random, or just like a person that I don't know, I'm not familiar with, or we're not in a space that it's like a Yiddish speaking space, or even if we are, if it's at a Yiddishist space or the space that people speak Yiddish a certain way, I often feel like I don't know how to speak Yiddish and I get uncomfortable. So I'm really curiously, so what do you, why do you think it's connected with how I, oh. I, think, I think I I think I understand. Yeah? 
I think, I think, um, because there is power of word, words that have history. Like everything in life, the more history something has, the more depth, the more power it has. So by us having those moments connected to those Yiddish words, it means so much. And I think that's a reason, like me growing up Yiddish and being Edel, meaning being um, uh, modest. Yeah, kind of doesn't, if I'm talking to you as Malki, it, I'm having a harder time to be immodest or to express something or to complain because I tried not to complain. And all of these words that don't have history to me as Malki, if you ask me express some express that feeling, it is much harder for me to express that in Yiddish because I, I don't have the connection to the words and the history to that. I learned to complain much more in English. So it's easier for me. I learned to describe my point of view much more in English. Um, not that I didn't have a voice in Yiddish, but it just had its own its own route. So I think the reason this is so connected, the re- I mean, how I understand that is when we talk about each character, we give them the words of their language and we have the history to those words. So by really knowing the Yiddish, we give them their their monologues and their words and their way of expressing themselves more than what we have freedom when you just cut off off guard cut us off guard because if you cut me off guard as Malki uh, I don't know how to express that in Yiddish but if we sit with this character that is more aggressive or is we give her those words and then when the actor receives that she gets to embrace all of these um, words and add her history to them. So it's kind of like what the, the power of language is so strong to, to like, do you know a language? Yes, but does it connect to how you behave? Does it connect to how you were brought up? Does it connect? I mean, Melissa, I remember when we were um, working on God of Engine and you were saying um, something about her breasts. Yeah, and it was like not Melissa. This was Manka because Melissa would have never said that. So if someone comes to you in a bar and speaks Yiddish to you and says you want to hit on her naturally, those words don't come. Yes, yeah. I think it's very cool how you're expressing it, Malki. I think it's cultural. So Yiddish to me is comes with a certain culture. And I think when someone that is not from that kind of culture, even if they're Jewish, even if they're, you know, it's, it's, it's a different culture that I associate it with. So when it what's in a space or from a person that I don't associate with that culture, or I'm not saying a story within that culture, or I'm not speaking, you know, like, I, I think that, that that is what that is. It makes it hard when it feels outside. It's like, who am I in this space as Melissa today? How yes. do I say how I'm feeling in a space that when I, when I think about it, it, it puts me back to like, I'm a different, you know, it's like um, different sides of me that, yeah. that, that come out. Yeah. Even with the characters, remember, we wanted to give one of the characters more freedom to say specific things. And we decided that she comes from a different community because yeah. if she comes from the same community, she can't speak that way. Yeah. So it's the association to 
who you are, the words you are speaking. And that, that is why, yes, we can play as many characters in Yiddish and different characters, but if I walk in as Malki, Melissa walks in as Melissa, and someone is asking a question in mother tongue, um, in Mamelushan, that would not have been asked to us when we were speaking that, it is this like, wait, I didn't prepare how to answer. Well, like brain has to, there's a little bit of a, of a mind thing that goes on that you have to, yeah, figure out how to speak. It, it, it's an interesting thing. I haven't thought about, thank you, Malky. That's Was that what you meant, Lisa, though? Or was there more? I think to- so. I mean, I, I think it was just sort of a weirdly organic conversation that was kind of interesting. And I guess I would toss it back again to Rachel and, you know, ask you in something of the same vein, how is it for you to direct this and to, um, to allow each one of these women's characters to tell, as you say, that very universal um, story that is um, set in Yiddish? Well, I mean, one of the characters, the uh, most assimilated Jewish woman, the social worker, says, Yiddish is such a vibrant, beautiful language. I love, but and it's funny in the context because she's saying it amongst these people who that's their everyday language. But I have to say, I relate to that in that I I hear Yiddish, I speak Yiddish, and it feels like home to me, and and uh, it gives me a certain freedom. Um, to be a different person, because anytime you speak a different language or an accent or dialect on stage, it's it's really, that's far from you. It gives you a certain freedom. But there's something about Yiddish that always feels like coming home. So I, I, I enjoy it. And I, this script is unusual uh, for me in that it has both English and Yiddish in it. Call it English. English, yeah. And it's that's really special. I was just watching um, um, West Side Story, the new West Side Story, and they have a lot of Spanish and English uh, with the Puerto Rican characters. And it was reminding me of, of, of this. And there's a kind of beauty in that fluidity, actually, from going from English to Yiddish, because you see that these people are straddling both worlds, American and the old country and they do live in america (laughs) right and they're american yeah (laughs) and i guess my last question um would be are you surprised at the number of opportunities for you to pursue both acting and writing um and directing in yiddish yes i am i mean when i first started this journey of yiddish theater there was only one Yiddish theater, to my knowledge, in New York, the Volksbühne, and it wasn't having this renaissance that it is now. And I just feel like over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, things have really blossomed and it's it's wonderful to see and to be a part of. Yeah, I think, um, like Malky mentioned about me saying, like God of Vengeance, right? Being able to say, being able to to to, to you know, when I first like left my community and I was like acting and when learning about 
all this Yiddish theater. I didn't know that there was so much life and there was so much Yiddish theater that had, had, had happened in New York. That was, it was amazing to be able to learn about it and read about it and be part of it when we did like God of Vengeance. And, and it was really cool to be able to connect the Yiddish, which is, I, I thought would have to be kind of a part of my life separate from my, you know, creative life, separate from my work. And to be able to connect it has been really cool and it's just been happening more and more. Um, so to the point of now it's like, I act in a lot of Yiddish things and it's not like a, it's not like a one-off, you know, it's, 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 it's a very interesting thing to be able to say and, and, and to, to learn about, I feel like I'm learning a lot about um, Jewish history and Yiddish history through doing this. And I find that really, really special. It's really special. Yeah, I am not surprised. I am excited and I want more and many, many more. And I think there will be more. We're creating more and there are others creating that are collaborating with us. What I am most excited is how the more we pay attention to detail and we come out, the more I hope I feel it a little, but I think there is room for more, which is like instead of um, others looking in and saying oh this is looking cool and this is cool and just like judging what's happening I feel like we're actually like the difference is that when we used to to consult in the past people would be like um okay is it is it wrong and we would say no but it wouldn't happen to this human being if that yeah but is it wrong is it against the law no okay good enough whereas now People are really listening and are trying to get to the truth. And 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 my my feedback would sometimes be like, okay, you know, this is a story for this person, and that person would not behave this way. If you want them to behave this way, then it has to be someone else. Or this is wrong, but that person would do it anyways. And we're being listened to, so it's exciting. I feel like it's a new world of all the of people paying more attention and. I want more and more and more and you know that's it people are slowly listening I find like it's not the easiest ride you know I've consulted on things and then been shown what they came up with and been very disappointed um and I'm also sometimes very you know surprised and happy but I think that you know it's 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 it feels like it's a slow thing with people understanding that representation of Hasidish people is not specific, let's say Orthodox, it is not the same as certain sects. It's not as, and it matters where people are from. There's a cultural significant that's significance and a history that's important. And people don't often understand. They're like, oh, it's Jewish. Like it's a, you know, it's a Jewish actor. But if you don't understand this particular culture, then you're not, this is not a real representation of, you know, that of that community of somebody in that community so i think there's a slow progression i would say um but it's definitely moving forward and and like malki said we're working on things and 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 hopefully more of us that know the community or speak yiddish like you know as a language as a first language or or really pursue yiddish have more of a say and so hopefully like the gates can open a little bit. And so we can actually, the representation can be real. And, you know, that's, that's the goal for, that's, that's my hope. That's the dream. That's the goal that things that get seen by lots of people are actually authentic representation. Yeah. And it's, get, and it's getting better. And thank you. Thanks to you or Rachel and to everyone that is taking on a project 
and say, um, or a podcast and says, hey, let me bring this out, out in the world and bring um, people to watch this, the more there is, there is a love for authenticity. And then if you don't know it, you don't know what's missing. And I think the more we show what it is, the more people will know what they want. And then it's the effect, you know, the ripple effect, which is just going to be like, okay, we want more authenticity and then we'll listen to more and then happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the main the, the dream would be like the, the, the people that we're working with now on this show and the, the cast and, you know, and, and, and Rachel with directing, it's that everybody is like, it, it's this idea, what the goal and the hope and, and what we're bringing forth is, and, and we worked with a lot of these actors in like for over time as we were workshopping this and as we were writing, we had readings. And so we had, is that people are coming from a nuanced, people are coming with love and so it, it, it's really helpful to like have a, a deeper understanding of these characters and a deeper understanding of this world. And that, so this is the dream kind of cast and, you know, space to explore that and to tell this story because we're all coming from a place of, we really want to tell the story of the humanity of these people, even, and how they deal with a difficult situation, you know? Um, so for our listeners, um, I just want to mention that you can learn more about the upcoming performance, which is presented by the New Yiddish Rep Theater, and it will run from January 22nd to 30th in New York City at Theater for New City. You can visit New Yiddish Rep on the World Wide Web or Google DeFroyan to find out about this. We'll also post it on our site. Um, an amazing conversation with the three of you. Your work is tremendous. And um, we are going to launch this podcast as the first in our year decade of discovery, which is um, a year dedicated to women in Yiddish. And I think that the three of you are great voices and advocates for this. And I'm delighted that you were able to join me for the conversation. I wish you well. We look forward to seeing more of your work in the future. And again, um, people check out New Yiddish Rep for information. I urge you to get to New York, put on your mask and go to the theater. Um, so thank you all for everything that you bring to your work, for your enthusiasm, your commitment, et cetera. And look forward to visiting with you again on your next project. Thank, thank you so you. much for having us. Yes, Great. thank you, Lisa. Um, You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy. <laughs>